Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We're going to focus on what do we do when we're free from cycles. How many God freed you from some cycles on last week? Tell somebody, I'm free from some negative cycles. But the fact that matter is, people of God, that was a term that they, they, they normally use uh, for um, incarceration in, in the penal system. And they talk about the rate of recidivism. Somebody say recidivism. That's the word of the week for you. Somebody say recidivism. Recidivism is this. It is the likelihood that you're going to return back to a former behavior and in the penal system thereby landing you back in jail. That while prison is supposed to be a reform system, that they learn to be more of a criminal nine times out of a ten, and then when they come out, it says it's only a matter of time before they go back. Somebody say recidivism. What the devil is banking on, people of God, is, look, that's all right, I'll, I'll let you take this victory lap. I'll let you celebrate the fact that you recognize some cycles in your life and that, and, that you, uh, and that you're free from them. But just give it a little bit of time. I'll sit here and wait. There's a little bit of time. Let the next trial happen. Let you get in a, ta- let, let, let you get in a tight place. You're going to revert back to your old systems, your old behaviors. And I'll be right here when you read it, when you come back. Somebody say cycle. See, it's one thing to break the cycle, but it's another thing to stay free from the cycle. Somebody say you must stay free. I want you to turn with me to John, the fifth, cha- fifth chapter, the first verse. It's a very familiar scripture. And it says, and after this, There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. Somebody say a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And in within these five porches lay a great multitude. Somebody say a great multitude of sick. People blind, lame, and paralyzed waiting for the moving of the water. The reason he waited for the moving of the water is for there was an angel that went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred it up. Somebody say stir it up. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, somebody say now. A certain man was there who had been, who had had an infirmity for 38 years. Somebody say 38. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had been in that condition for a long time. And he, meaning Jesus, said to him, Do you want to be made whole? Now that seems like it's a silly question. Look at the man's response. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. Somebody say, And immediately... Somebody say, and immediately. Come on, say it one more time for the Holy Ghost. Say, and immediately. The man was made well. And he took up his bed 
and walk. I want to use for a subject today for the culture. Somebody say, I do this for the culture. All my millennials, y'all know what that means. Whenever somebody just want to do something crazy, say, I'm doing this for the culture. Somebody say, I'm doing this for the culture. You may be seated. On top of talking about cycles today, I want to talk about the culture that you are in. Somebody say culture. For the sake of discussion, culture is this. Culture is the behaviors, the beliefs, and the characteristics of a particular group. I'm going to say that again. Say is the behaviors, the beliefs, or the characteristics of a particular group. That's the first definition. Somebody say culture. We all come from or are immersed in or involved in a culture. Somebody say culture. Everybody comes from a culture. A lot of times we don't realize it until we get into other cultures. I was talking to Marcus yesterday. He's from, he's from the DMV area, DC, Maryland. Hey, we ain't gonna hold that against him down here. So. But we were eating yesterday and uh, he got some sweet tea. Somebody say sweet tea. I said, man, I said like, like, did they, did they have sweet tea up, you know, up north? He's like, man, like, they have it. It ain't like this, though. It's like, you, can, you get it everywhere, and it's good everywhere. Somebody say culture. I realized that the first time when I went to Ohio. I went to Ohio, went to a restaurant. She's like, what would you like, sir? I said, sweet tea. She looked at me like I had two heads. I realized that that was a drink of my culture. Somebody say culture. So many times when we're always involved in our culture, it's normal. What's normal to us is foreign to others. Somebody say culture. Every time I go somewhere else other than here, people ask, where are you from? Because I'm country. I know it. And I stick out like a sore thumb. I go to Orlando frequently a couple times a year. And Orlando is one of those places where everybody lives there, but nobody's from there. And so as a result, you can, you can talk to various people and you, you, you try to guess where they're from because the way they act, the way they, you know, the way they talk, the way, the way they conduct themselves. You know, uh, uh, North Carolina is becoming a popular place for people up north to come down to. And the minute you encounter them, like, you ain't from here, are you? You from up north. Because the way you talk is kind of abrasive. Like, huh? Bro, pump your brakes, hoss. Like you, need to turn, you need to turn that down a couple of levels. We don't talk like that down here. You know, everything quick pace. Well, I'm like, man, slow down. We, we take it slow around here. We, we wave at people in the neighborhood and, you know, hey, y'all. You know, we take Sunday drives on Thursdays and stuff. You know, we, we take it easy down here. But somebody say culture. And I want you to look past the obvious things in this story here. And look, look at the fact that this is a litmus test of culture. Somebody say culture. The second thing regarding the definition of culture is to maintain conditions that are suitable for growth. Somebody say culture. You know, we're still in flu season a little bit. And if you have a little sore throat or something, you may go to the doctor. And he's like, he asks you about your symptoms. He'll check, check your tonsils, see if they're swollen, do all the things that they go through. He said, you know what? I don't know what's going on. Let me swab the back of your throat. And I'll let you know. And by tomorrow morning, I'll let you know. What they do is they take that swab. They spread it on, the, on a little Petri dish. They send it to the lab where they, where they send it through a centrifuge to speed up the process. They create conditions. So if there is strep or anything else, they put it in conditions so that the fungus or, the, or, or whatever disease it is can grow. And then they'll let you know by the next morning whether you have strep throat or not. Strep throat or not. Somebody say culture. That's literally what they call it. They swab your throat to get a culture. 
to see are the conditions that are in the back of your throat, are the conditions that are in your body, are they conducive for a sickness or a fungus or whatever it is to grow? Somebody say conditions. Can I tell you people of God that in order for us to perpetuate cycles, it has to be in a conducive environment for the cycles to persist. It's almost like people say, if, in, in, a, in, a, in a purely alkaline atmosphere, cancer cannot grow. But in an acidic environment, it's subject to anything could grow and pop up and thrive. Somebody say conditions. And so Jesus came to the man. The first thing he asked him, well, let me, let me first talk about the culture that he was in. The Bible describes it that there was, a, there was a place with five porches outside of the marketplace near the sheep's gate. And it said, in those five porches lay a multitude of sick folk, some blind, some halt, some lame. But the fact that the, old, the, the thing that they all had in common was they were all sick. Somebody say culture. And so what they did, they designated a place outside of the city where all the sick people gathered together, where all the dysfunctional people gathered together, where all the people who could, couldn't help themselves gathered together. Somebody say culture. In that place laid a great multitude of sick folk. And guess what they were all doing? They were all waiting for an angel to come down. They were waiting for a religious movement or act to happen. Oh God. They're stirring of the water. And the first one they jumped in the water was the one that got healed from whatever disease he had. Somebody say culture. Doesn't it sound like modern day church? That we all have our issues we all got our hangups. We all have all these complexities going on in life and we're waiting for God to stir something up. So just perhaps, God, if you stir it up the right way, then I, I will get free. I'll get to relief from this pain. I'll get relief from this turmoil going on in my life. I'll get relief from this sickness. I'll get relief even from what's going on in the, in the arena of my mind. Somebody say, I need relief. And that's all the people at the pool wanted. They wanted relief. But look at this. Here's the unfair thing about it. They didn't know when the angel would come. It'd be one thing they said the angel's going to come on June 30th. And so what they were doing is they were prisoner to the chance to get out. They couldn't go lead, lead normal lives. They couldn't go lead productive lives because the minute I leave, the angel's going to come stir up the water and I'm going to miss my chance to get well. That seems mighty unfair. But it talks about Jesus coming in and his focus narrowed in on one particular gentleman. And the word of God says that he knew within his spirit that the man had been there a long time. And Jesus asked a very particular question, peculiar. He says, do you want to be made whole? He said, well, sir, he was very polite. He said, sir, here's the problem. Every time the water is stirred, people jump in front of me and nobody will help me. something about cultures misery loves company but at the first moment for people to get out the same culture that will insulate you will turn on you The same culture, 
It said, you know, they ain't right. They ain't treating us right. We're going to hit. We're going to, oh, you understand my struggle. You understand my pain. And the minute you get, you get some sense about yourself, they say, I'm going to do better. I'm better than this. I'm going to pull myself up. I, 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 God has called me to more. I'm going to live better than this. The first thing they say, who do you think you are? You think you're better than us. The people that were insulating the man wouldn't even help him get in the pool. You think the culture of this function is your friend. It's not. It is just anesthetizing you to the pain of the reality of where you are. See, we become a colony. My dysfunction, your dysfunction, we add a little bit of yours. As long as I'm surrounded by sick folk, as long as I'm surrounded by dysfunction, I'm not reminded of my dysfunction. Because dysfunction becomes normalcy. But if I get out in other cultures, I'll realize, see, I didn't know I was country until I got to a place where they didn't talk country. You don't know your dysfunction until you get to a place where God, this is how people can live. People can have healthy relationships. People can, have, people can actually love themselves. People can actually have self-confidence. Well, I can actually make money and keep money. Somebody say, you got to break the cycle. But to stay out of the negative cycle, you've got to get in a new culture. Jesus asked the man, he said, do you want to be made whole? Somebody say whole. Somebody do like that. Whole. Notice Jesus didn't ask him that he wanted to be healed. He didn't ask him why he wanted to be healed. He said, do you want to be made whole? Because you see, there are people that there's nothing going on in their body, but they're not whole. You can have all the money in the bank. You can be built like Adonis. You can be built like, like Mr. Olympia. You can have everything. Blood pressure can be good and the cholesterol can be good and blood sugar can be good and you can still be in a place of dysfunction. You can still be laying in a bed of dysfunction just like that man. And so Jesus came to him and said, I'm looking past your sickness and I'm looking at your unholiness. And so my question to you is, do you want to be made whole? Somebody do your hands like that. See, so many times we're asking God to pay the bill, pay the debt off, save the husband, save the wife. Because we are, we are looking and we are asking things, God, on the surface level. God said, if I make you whole in your spirit, Life is going to spring out of you. And everything attached to you will be whole because you're whole. And so Jesus was challenging his willingness to change his culture. Jesus asked, do you want to be made whole? And he immediately gave him an excuse that described the actions of the culture that surrounded him. I didn't ask you that, sir. I asked you, do you want to be made whole? And immediately when Jesus gave him, uh, when, when he gave Jesus that, 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 that excuse, Jesus didn't, even, Jesus didn't even answer him. He told him this. He told him, take up your bed. And walk. Notice Jesus didn't say be healed. And Jesus did say that to some people. Jesus told him, get up and leave out of this culture. Do you hear me? I'm just about finished. Jesus told him, get up and walk away from the culture. Can I tell you some of the things that we've been asking God for? Some of the things that we've, we've received prophecies for and it's just above our head, I believe all of that stuff. You're not going to find it 
in the culture that you're in. You're going to have to get up and you're going to have to leave. Let me tell you something about culture. In a culture, there's a certain way you live. Like we down here in the South, we live slow, we live easy. Somebody say, in the culture. In the culture, there's a certain way that we talk. I can tell, about where, you, I can tell where you're from by how you talk. I can tell whether you're in the kingdom of God or not by how you talk. I can tell whether you've got faith by how you talk. I can tell if you're cantankerous and you're messy by how you talk. Tell somebody, how was your talk? How was your talk? You, you, the way you talk is a product of the culture that you're in. People that, people that are, are, are astute people in business, they have a certain, they, they have a certain lexicon of language that they use. They talk about expense ratios and they talk about profit and loss statement and they talk about ROI, rate of, rate, 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 rate of return on interest and, and, and they tell somebody there's a certain way that you talk. Consequently on the other inside, you, you got somebody to live a ratchet lifestyle, you can be dressed in a tuxedo, open your mouth. I tell where you're from. And I can tell where you're headed. By what you say. Now, nobody, now some people can be chameleons, they can float in different spheres. But, it, but here's the thing the man who was at the pool of Bethesda, he was laying down. And here is the thing that we've mastered as Christians. We have mastered the ability to function over here. I can talk the talk of the saints. If need be, I can get down gully with you if I need to. I'll lay my religion on there and I'll tell you every four-letter word and I'll make up a five-letter word. When time get tough, I know the hot man to me. Somebody say culture. But the true testament of your culture is just like that man. That man was laying on a bed and had been there for 38 years. I don't care what you can walk to and act good. You can be a chameleon and act like you're in the culture for a while. Where is it that you rest? Well, you rest is your real culture. Well, you rest is the real you. And we become masters of, I can study a culture long enough to where I can emulate it. I can dress like them. I can talk like them. I can say all the words. I can say all the lingo. I can study it because I'm trying to manipulate. I'm trying to hobnob to get what I want. I'm trying to manipulate my way to get to the top. But God said, where you rest is the real you. Why you lay down? See, the word of God said he had a bed and he had been laying there. Tell somebody, where do you lay at? Where do you lay at? <laughs> I used to work in, in housing. Some of the funnest times in my life. <laughs> and that be, used to be a dispute. And the girlfriend, nine times out of ten, would tell the boy he got to get out. Y'all don't, don't know people like that, right? And so the police would come. I want them to leave. And the funniest thing, they called me up there. Mr. Anthony had called me. I'm like, y'all, what's going on? Police always say, sir, is he on the lease? Like, no, nah, he, like, nah, he's not on the lease. And it was one smart dude. He said, officer, follow me. Went in the bathroom and showed him his toothbrush. <laughs> Went into the closet, showed him his shoes. Officer said, I'm done here. 
because he proved that's where he laid. The proof of who you are is where you lay down. Where you take your hair off. Where you, where you take your mask off. Where you take your makeup off at. Tell somebody that's where you lay. And we've got to stop settling for just being able to function in other cultures and come on over and live in a higher existence that God has for us. Tell somebody, come on up. True change is not going to happen until you relocate. See, there are certain zip codes that everybody want to get into. And that's where the good, that's where all the benefits are. That's where all the good schools are. That's where, that, that's where, that's where all, that's where I can, I can find the, uh, the good, the good food and the good produce. Well, I got to worry about a liquor store on every corner. Tell me, everybody want to relocate to the good places. But the problem, the problem is, it costs to live on that side of town. There's a price to be paid to live where you got a whole food. And you got a Publix right here. And you got, you know. I'm going to get in trouble if I keep talking. So let me think. We tell somebody there was a cost associated. And can I tell you? The cost to dwell in new cycles that God has destined for you. It comes at the cost of you leaving your old culture. Am I saying the old culture is bad and it's sinful and, and God hates it? No, I'm not saying that. But God has, but many of you in this room, you have outgrown the culture that brought you here. God, thank you. And you're afraid to leave a culture because of what they might say. You're afraid to leave a culture because of fear of the unknown. See, I'd rather deal with the devil I do know than, 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 than the promise of the future of change. Because you got to understand, there was comfort at the pool of Bethesda. People made them feel good. Like, man, I'm trying, I'm trying to get well just like you, man. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to support you and you're going to support me. There was a certain level of comfort. There was a certain level of, of, of provision that even Egypt provided the children of Israel. They got in out in the middle. And they said it would have been better that we had stayed. They were cracking a whip on us. They made us make bricks with no straw in it. But at least we knew where our next meal was coming from. Tell somebody, Egypt has its comfort. Bondage has its comfort. That I may be a slave, but at least master feeds me. Oh, he may crack, crack a whip on me every now and then, but at least I know where my next meal coming from. You see how the devil will get us to settle? But tell somebody, you need a new culture. Fact of matters, people of God, that the culture that you're in, The culture that you're in will not support where you're going. We're shifting culture here. We're shifting culture here to the point where we are more pursuant of God's presence. We're being better students of God's word. Anybody been joining us, been reading a book as we're studying on prayer? We're teaching the building blocks of how to pray. See, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. That indicates that there is something in place to where people do not know how to pray as they should. Tell somebody we're changing the culture. Let me make it live on your level as we're about to go. I want to ask a question. How many of you in this room, God has called you to higher levels of living? Come on, let me see your hand high. Tell somebody, God is calling me higher. He's calling me higher. This is the same way he called that man. He called him, he called him to a new dimension. He called him from laying down 
to standing up. He called them to a higher dimension. God is calling each of us in a higher dimension. It doesn't mean you're going to be up here preaching. But some of you in business, God is calling you higher. You know why? Because God is tired of the evil people having all the influence and having all the money. God, I thank you. So tell somebody God is calling you higher. First thing Jesus told him, he told him, get up. Let me change your position. You've been lying down for 38 years and the first thing Jesus said, be healed. He told him, I need you to change your orientation. You need to get up. Get up from where you are. I know it's comfortable. I know you developed a cycle. I know you, you created, you built your life around it. But God said, if you want to be where I called you, if you want to do the exploits, if you want to see it, it's not going to come delivered to your house like UPS. You're going to have to get up and leave the culture that has been incubating your dysfunction. The Bible never said he was healed. It just gave evidence that he was. As soon as he made his mind to get up, I believe that strength came to those legs. He heard the direction of Jesus. He processed it. He could have said, man, I ain't done nothing in 38 years. What are you talking about? He obeyed Jesus and strength came when he made a decision. Tell somebody, make a decision. I want you to make a decision that I don't care who's mad at me. Okay, how many people in the culture try to pull me down? You know, we'll be, we can be like crabs in a bucket now. If I can't leave, you're not leaving. And I believe the reason Jesus told him to get up and leave the culture because if he had been healed and stayed around it, he would have lost the healing. Sometimes when God gives you something that is so special, that is so sacred, when God gives you a divine idea or a divine concept, you can't go around telling everybody because those people are listening through the, through the filter of the old culture. When God speaks something in your heart and you know without a shadow of doubt in the pit, in the valley of your soul that God told you, be careful who you share it with. Because people are sent from the devil to uproot that word out of your heart. Tell somebody you got to leave the culture. And I don't know what the culture is for you. It may not be obviously dysfunctional. It may not be obviously uh, uh, toxic to you, but it no longer fits the fabric. It no longer fits the pattern of where God has shifted you. Somebody say, God has shifted me. And so my prayer is that you are unapologetic. Let me tell you something. At some point, all the, the, the hundreds of people in this room, at some point, unless Jesus tarries, uh, Jesus tarries unless he comes back, before we're all going to be in front of somebody's altar in a box. And as much as people love you, as much as people cry over you, ain't nobody going to jump in that hole with you. And so you better make a decision to work out your own soul's salvation. Now, what are you talking about, Pastor? Aren't they talking about salvation? Yes, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about your soul's salvation. But see, you can still be saved and still be on a bed for 38 years. Jesus came more than just to save us. He said in John 10 and 10, a thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life. 
and that you might have it more abundantly. So after we receive salvation, our next objective is to walk out the plan and the strategy that God has for us. We can be in the kingdom, but laying on a bed of dysfunction. Everybody stand. Cycles produce outcomes in our life. Somebody do like this. Somebody say cycles. But cycles cannot exist without cultures. Cycles cannot exist. Somebody keep doing your hands like that. And unless you leave the culture that allowed your dysfunctional cycles, somebody listen to me clearly, unless you leave, keep doing that with me, unless you leave the environments that allowed your negative cycles to thrive, it's only a matter of time before you go back to your old cycle. And I am telling you the truth. If you never see me again, you said this little skinny preacher with the little bean head, he told me that if I don't change, <laughs> that if I don't change my culture, if I don't change my environment, if I don't get around people that are living better, trying to do better, trying to see better, trying to talk better, see, that's the problem today. We want to get saved. We want God to, to accept us and free us and, and, and eliminate the penalty of hell, death, and the grave. But we don't want to we don't want to hang around the saints. We don't want to come to Bible study. We don't want to get up at 6 a.m. prayer. But God said that is where the culture is that is going to cultivate you to develop new cycles. They're going to be gateways to where I'm taking you. You're never going to get to where God is destined for you. Y'all keep doing it. Yeah, the, getting, getting the new cycles is good. But if you start a new cycle, but you're in the old environment, that new cycle is going to fizzle out. Oh, God. Tell somebody, not only am I changing my cycles, but tell somebody, I'm changing my environment. Tell them, I'm changing my circle of friends. Now, I know that's where it's going to be tight, and I know that's where it's going to be hard. Say, look, I pray that you follow me as I follow Christ. But if you don't come with me, you know where to find me. But I got to go get in a culture that is conducive to where God is calling me. Tell about I got to go. The mission of my life is that I, that I, that I become all that God has called, has called me to be. God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you. God has plans for you, but the plans are outside of the culture that you're currently in. Come on, keep doing that. Tell somebody, I'm breaking the cycle and I'm getting in a new culture. Abraham, I want you to go to a place. I want you to leave your family and your country. I want you to leave your old culture. And I want you to go to a place that I will show you. Somebody said, well, God, what's the new culture? God said, I didn't tell you where you would go yet. I told you to get your hips up and leave. Well, God, where are we going? Don't worry about that. I will give you updates when you need to get them. But what you need to know now is you need to get your hind parts up and leave the culture that you are in. Tell somebody you better leave. That culture ain't doing nothing but, but trying, but, but drawing the life out of you. Tell somebody you got to leave the culture. You gotta leave those people with those with those negative ways, those negative cycles. They gonna pull you back down. Now is not a time to be a, to be a friend for everybody. You can't be Harriet Tubman going back and getting your friends. 
You gotta get free yourself. Tell somebody, I'm gonna make it. I hear freedom calling. And it's not in my current cycle. I hear healing. I hear new businesses calling. I hear all I, I hear all kinds of new ideas calling, telling me it's calling me. It's calling me. But it's not where I am. It's not where I am. It's where he's calling me to. God never calls you out of some place unless he sends you to another place. Tell somebody, you can leave. Come on, hold hands with somebody. Tell somebody, you can leave. You can get out. I never saw the movie Get Out yet, but tell somebody, you can get out. You can get out. As soon as that man made up his mind, strength came to his legs. And what's the first thing he did with his legs? He skedaddled up out of that culture. And if you read the rest of that chapter, they, they see him walking around and say, aren't you the man that been there for 38 years? See, see, that, see, there are some people that are very familiar with your dysfunction. I would dare say there are some people that have a vested interest in you staying dysfunctional. Good God from Zion. But, somebody say but. The minute they see you walking different, they see you talking different. They see you living different. First thing in the hand, did you used to? Yes, right, I used to. They said, what happened to you? Say, I don't know who he is, but he challenged my status. He challenged my way of living. He challenged my way of thinking. And all I know is, I once was lame, but now I'm walking. And the first thing I did, I got out of the culture. Tell somebody, I'm doing this for the culture. I'm doing this for the culture. The culture that God is creating in me. The culture where I'm a winner and I'm not a loser. The culture where I'm above only and I'm never beneath. Tell somebody, I'm doing it for the culture. Woo! Your healing is not in your act. Your healing is where he's calling you to. Your deliverance is where he's calling you to. Your next level of clientele and your next level of business is where he's calling you to. Change the culture. Oh, Lord. Oh. Let me tell you something. I hear the Lord saying that some of you, I'm not going to send you to a new culture. You're going to be the one that starts the new culture. You're going to be the leader. The people ask you, how are you doing what you're doing? And you can tell him, I heard from God and he told me to get up, to leave with what was familiar to leave what was comfortable. And now I've become a culture starter. Touch everybody around and tell them, be a culture starter. Why not? Why not? If you can't find a culture, start one. I can't find a place. Start a place. Start a new way of living. Start a new way of talking. Start a new way of conducting yourself. But to finish the story, 
He didn't know Jesus' name. All I knew, this man came up to me, he challenged me, and he told me to get up and take my bed and walk. But at the end of the chapter, Jesus walks up on the man. And you know where he finds him at? In the temple. Y'all missed it. He was at a place where God, where God came down in an angel and stirred the water, you know, sporadically. The first thing he did, Jesus found him. He found him in a place where God is perpetual. question to you is that when God does what he says he's going to do when God rescue you, rescues you from your dysfunction what's the first thing you're going to do what's going to be your first fruit see what you do first matters the most tell somebody tell them what you do first matters the most he was at a place where they were just hoping God would come by. And he went to the place where God is perpetual. The reason some people don't keep their healings, the reason people don't keep their deliverance, they say, thank you, God, I appreciate it, and they go back to doing their thing. Ooh, I got my legs back. Let me, let, let me call that girl and say, girl, I'm back. Ain't thought about God to the first. But the first thing he did was go to God's house. I'm telling you, if you purpose in your mind that God, I'm going to get up in the first place, the first thing, the first place, the first thing I'm going to acknowledge is you. See, it's one thing to get healed, but it's another thing to stay healed. The worst thing you can do is get healed and lose it. I'd rather not have it than to taste freedom and then get locked back up. Somebody say recidivism. First thing you can do is get, have freedom and then get locked back up. But you know the reason some people have such a problem with recidivism is that they're out of the jail, but the jail is not out of them. That some people can't handle freedom. Some people don't want freedom. I want somebody to tell me to when to wake up and when to go to bed. And I'm not condemning people because it's a condition of the spirit and the mind. But people's mentality is such that they can't handle freedom. But tell somebody, that's not going to be me. Come on, let's hold hands and pray. God, we thank you in the assembly of your people today. We thank you, Lord, that the word has found us. Thank you, Lord, first of all, Lord, that you've given us the ability to be free from cycles. But Lord, thank you also, but, but thank you also for not leaving us ignorant to the fact that we have to relocate into new environments that are conducive for, for, uh, for the freedom that you have given us. Or we will go back to old systems, old ways, old cycles, God. So Lord, I thank you right now that you have made a path for us to dwell in. You've given us a plan for us to walk in freedom to change our position and to walk in a new way of living, to talk a new way, to think a new way, to conduct life on a new level of living that you have destined for us, God. But we thank you, Lord, that right now you're giving us boldness. You're giving us boldness, God, to leave the dysfunctional culture that are allowing dysfunction to grow like cancer in our lives, God. Lord, give us boldness. Lord, we know that people may not like it. We know that people may not agree with it, but they have no, neither a hell or a heaven to put us in, God. We live for an audience of one, and that's you, God. We want to hear you say, well done, that good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you roll up over a minute. God, we live for you. 
We work for you. We conduct business in the marketplace for you. We love our families for you. We serve your kingdom because we want to make you smile, God. And so today, God, we commit ourselves to leave the cultures that we're in. I don't care who, how many people are mad at us, how many people are telling us, tell us we've lost our minds. God, we will trade it all in for what you have in exchange for us. Like Paul said, God, we count it all as dumb for the excellency of you. And so right now, Lord, we pray strength, perseverance, long-suffering, courage, self-esteem. Yes, God, I hear you. Thank you, Lord, for self-esteem for self-acceptance to do what you've called us to do. Lord, you're calling us higher. You're calling us to change position. And Lord, we'll ask you, Lord, to not give up on us, but call us deeper. Call us higher and call us further. God, we love you. We bless you. And we count it an honor and privilege that you would call us children. And you let us call you God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you, if you believe that word today, come on and give God praise. Tell somebody, I'm going to do it for the culture. Come on, tell somebody, I'm doing it for the culture. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.